Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Michael Reed on LMFM. Friday morning, the 29th of May. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m., this is Michael Reed on LMFM. The Department of Social Protection is running out of money. It needs a lot of money to get to the end of the year, close to €7 billion more than was last estimated. Yesterday, the Dáil voted to make more than €6.8 billion available to Regina Doherty's department by passing a motion to revise the estimates. Minister, I just want you to very briefly confirm to me here today, are these estimates inaccurate? Estimates are exactly what they are. They're estimates of what we're going to spend and they're no different than they would have been presented this time last year when we presented a supplementary estimate at the end of the year or the qualified substantive estimate at the beginning of the year. Regina Doherty, I'm sure you'll remember she was a, a local TD up until not so long ago. Uh, she's no longer a TD, of course, but continues uh, to be the Minister for Social Protection until such time that a, a new government is formed. Uh, she was responding to Padre Tobin, AIM2 leader in the Dáil yesterday, and we'll be hearing much more from that debate later in the programme. But Padre Tobin joins us now because you were saying that the estimates are, in fact, bogus. Hocus pocus, you said, because the plan is to stop the COVID-19 payments on the 10th of June. Yeah, so the doll is in a democratic twilight zone at the moment. So we have ministers with no mandate who are making very serious decisions worth billions of euros uh, on behalf of the country. We're 110 days after the general election when your listeners voted. Their vote hasn't been actually actioned upon as of yet. There's no government uh, in place. And the, um, the, the, the doll, which has a mandate, has very little power to scrutinize or to hold to account whatsoever. So yesterday we had a rushed through estimates. Now the estimates are basically, as it says on the tin, the estimated funds that are necessary for the government to spend on social welfare over the next number of months. In the estimates, it stated that the COVID payments would come to an end in a fortnight. However, the government are saying that they won't come to an end in a fortnight. So we're being told to vote for estimates, which the government were contradicting themselves. And that's why I said mm. uh, to the minister, are these not hocus-pocus uh, estimates? And the, 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 the minister, you know, she, she, she basically um, bluffed through it. She said they are what they are, uh, exactly. Well, she was asked time and time again, what's going to happen on the 10th of June? And she never responded clearly. Uh, never. Uh, she did say that the payments will continue, but she didn't say whether they would be cut or to what extent they'll be cut by. 
See, I'm, I'm long enough now in the doll to recognise uh, political speak. And a minister will say that the COVID payments will continue after uh, June the 9th. Mm. And they will. But the, the, there will be serious changes to them. So some people will have radical um, changes to their COVID payments afterwards. Other people won't. Mm. And what we were saying to the minister is, listen, you, you, know, you have a, a moral responsibility to tell the TDs what's going to happen to mm. those COVID payments if you want us to sign this cheque yeah. for you to spend billions of euros on behalf of the country. And, and you were saying it, and you were saying it quite vociferously, but you weren't the only one saying it. TD after TD asked pretty much the same question. It was never responded to. Never responded to. And, and that's the problem right now that's in Irish society. We know in Irish society when there isn't accountability, things go wrong. And things go wrong very mm. seriously. And we are in a twilight zone of accountability in Ireland at the moment. Okay. Where we cannot literally get answers from unelected ministers over oh, the spending of billions of euros. I, I, want, I, I want to talk to you about that because you made that a, a, an issue as well yesterday. Uh, but before we do, let's talk uh, about these COVID payments because they are so important to so many thousands of people who have lost their jobs. They're getting their €350. They're hoping that it won't be cut. They're hoping that it will continue. But it would appear on page 12, apparently, of the estimates that the plan is in black and white to stop the payments or to cut them or to reduce them or to do something because the money won't be there to pay it. Now, people will say, but hold on a second. You just said Regina Doherty is going to get €7 billion Euro more for her department. But the truth of that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of that €7 billion has already been spent. Exactly. So that €7 billion is the estimated money that's necessary to run the department for the, the rest of the year on the understanding that the COVID, pay, the COVID payments cease, are cease within a fortnight, that they no longer exist within a fortnight. So there is a contradictory statement of the estimates and the ministers who are saying that the COVID payments are going to um, continue. And we have the bizarre situation that the minister then says that we may well need a supplementary estimate later in the year. So in advance of this estimate actually getting passed, the government were planning for another estimate. And, mm. and, and what I'm trying to say is, in mm. all of this, there isn't a football club or a business or a family in the country that would run their, or, their, their, their uh, organization in a deliberately dysfunctional manner, such as Leinster has. Mm. The political system, and, and half the reason why we have three political parties mm. involved in a never-ending dance of government formation is because... Politicians in this country are full of their own self-importance. They are, they are cocooned, I believe, from the reality of most people's lives. And they don't realise there well, is an they're making, urgency. They're making big decisions on behalf of people's lives, not just in terms of protecting people and making sure that they have money so that they can survive, but they're also taking money off people to provide that money. And when we talk <clears throat> about this figure of almost $7 billion, let's not forget that what we are actually talking about is, I think, 6800 40 million euro. Yeah, and, and sometimes when we talk about this money and when politicians bandy it about, we kind of think that it's coming out of a pot somewhere and it doesn't need to be repaid. Um, but, you know, there's an opportunity cost. So when you spend money, you can't spend it somewhere else. Um, you know, we've spent the last 10 years, uh, Michael, talking about uh, the last crash. In the last crash, this country took on tens of billions of euros worth of debt, I mm. believe, unjustly. Uh, and as a result, we've had 10 years of radically depressed investment in housing, in healthcare, and infrastructure. And we've spent, obviously, the last 10 years 
giving out about the fact that there isn't enough houses for people, that the healthcare service is, is creaking and that people are spending two hours a day trying to get in and out of uh, work from Meath. So if we take on tens of billions of euros worth of debt in this particular crisis, we're going to look at another 10 years of depressed investment in those critical spaces. So it's not a case that there's a never-ending stream of money that we can just throw at this situation now. We have to make real decisions about, you know, uh, uh, the cost of, of getting through this, but also the opportunity cost of future investment in critical areas that we need it as well. Let's talk about the decision makers then, if we can, because they're very big decisions. Uh, in this instance, $7 billion to be spent and $7 billion to be raised, taken from taxes, undoubtedly, or, or to be borrowed and then paid back through taxes. Uh, and this decision uh, is being made by a minister who doesn't have a seat in the doll? Ordinarily, to be in the doll, you'd have to have a seat because you'd have won a seat because you were elected. Regina Doherty wasn't elected. How is she in a seat in the doll? Well, currently, as you say, we have this bizarre situation. Tisha could no mandate a cabinet uh, with, um, that, that has unelected ministers within it. Um, TDs, you know, are ministers who couldn't actually get elected uh, and a doll that can't scrutinise whatsoever. And, and people may not realise mm. this, we have a legislator that can't legislate. So there's absolutely no space currently for emergency legislation to happen. The doll is hamstrung. It is a dead duck doll currently. Uh, and... Unfortunately, the political class won't get it together to actually create a government. Um, There is a constitutional uh, um, article which states that the minister in situ um, remains in situ until that minister has a successor appointed to them. And people understand that to be the formation of a new government uh, after the election. Okay, and when is it going to be? Because the talk was that they would uh, work on a programme for government by the 8th of June. Now it seems that's going to be pushed back to the end of June. These talks aren't going particularly well. And it it seems that there is a a real possibility that if uh, the parties involved in the talks, the former government, come to some sort of an agreement, uh, they may do that at the time when the summer holidays are due? Well, to be honest, there's a real chance, um, it's felt now, that Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Greens uh, may come to an agreement, but that one of their membership um, bases will actually vote down the agreement. So I think the Greens have to get two-thirds majority for for them to be able to participate in the next government. I've also been speaking to a lot of backbench Fianna Fáilers who are telling me that they're more interested now in going into government uh, with Fianna Fáil, uh, with, with Sinn Féin. So there's a chance, actually, that Micheál Martin could get marooned in his, in his desperation to become uh, Taoiseach currently. And if that happens, well, then you're going to have to start a whole new process of actually uh, negotiating a government between Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin and the, and the Greens, which could actually bring us up to the end of July. And at that stage, you could have this really embarrassing situation that the doll knocks off for eight or ten weeks' holidays uh, just having got a government uh, put into place. That's if it does. Uh, and in the meantime, big decisions are being made and you've been questioning why is it only 10 people can attend a funeral and uh, the Taoiseach can show us that he wears Levi's underpants in uh, the Phoenix Park with uh, his mates drinking beer, having a, a picnic or whatever it was he was drinking. I'm not sure if it was a beer, but he was having drinking something. Uh, and at the same time, you're wondering why the Taoiseach is lying on the ground sunbathing uh, with people uh, around when uh, faith groups can't uh, go to places of worship. Yeah, so, uh, you know, people were struck last week by the social media images of the Taoiseach socialising in Phoenix Park. Now, I, you know, everybody needs to socialise. Everybody needs to unwind. It's a, it's, 
people need to hang out with their friends and family. Absolutely. But people were struck by the fact that the Phoenix Park was actually very, very busy. That's, you know, there was hundreds of people in the Phoenix Park in those photographs. And I drove through the Phoenix Park last night uh, on the way home from the Dáil, and it was jammers. And yet we have graveyards in every town and village in the country, which are probably the biggest spaces in every town and village in the country. And there's a limit of 10 people being able to gather in those graveyards to grieve uh, and support families who've lost loved ones. And one thing we do well in this country is supporting loved ones in their time of need. And, you know, funerals and, you know, that ability for a community to rally around uh, families when they lose somebody is a really critical element of getting people through what is probably the most difficult challenge that they'll ever have in their whole life. And, you know, it, when you contrast the experience, that lonely, desolate experience of a graveyard with, with a handful of people with packed uh, parks where people are socialising, it simply doesn't make sense. So what we need to have been asking is for the government to uh, accelerate the process in mm. which larger numbers can actually uh, meet in a socially distanced mm. fashion in a graveyard. And the same goes for the church service of, of a funeral mm. as well. Most churches are the biggest public buildings um, in their towns and villages. And in most churches, 50 people could actually socially distance for 45 minutes uh, during a, a funeral service. And yet we have a limit of 10 people in, in that. I do it think, simply doesn't you know, make sense. Right, right or wrong, I, I do think uh, that we're going to discover that people have been psychologically traumatised because of uh, this arrangement with funerals because they haven't had the ability to mourn and grieve and to come to terms with the loss of somebody very special in their lives. Uh, talk to me about the Defence Forces. You have a number of concerns about the Defence Forces. Uh, two uh, soldiers left behind in the Congo, but two troops uh, to return on the 21st and 29th of June from the Lebanon. Yeah, the, the, the issue in the Democratic uh, Republic of the Congo is absolutely mind-blowing, and it's one of the, the strangest situations I've seen uh, so far in uh, government actions uh, in the last 10 years in the Dáil. We have... Um, a, a city of Goma in the DRC uh, in which uh, the UN had a number of different uh, troops and um, those troops were from all around the world. Uh, most of the troops have been pulled out by their respective countries due to the fact that things are getting very dangerous uh, in the, the DRC at the moment. Um, and we uh, have, this government has been trying to pull out our troops from the DRC. Uh, there's two troops left there at the moment, but they can't get out because the government doesn't have a plane to actually lift them out of the DRC. Uh, the government does have a, a jet for its own use, but it would take the government to refuel that jet about seven times to get down to the DRC to take uh, the troops home. The government can't put them on a commercial flight because the commercial flights won't take uh, any weapons or ammunition. So the, tro- the, tr- the troops would have to destroy the weapons or ammunition there. Now remember, these troops are not staying in a UN uh, compound that is heavily guarded. They're staying in an apartment at the moment. And the only weapons that they have are personal arms currently to defend themselves. Uh, and I've spoken to a large number of people in the Irish Defence Forces they're absolutely distraught by the fact that, in act, that this government has left our troops behind when every other country has taken the troops out of there. And one, one um, retired senior army personnel said to me, he said, it's, it is deemed as cowardice uh, when an army leaves their own behind. Uh, and I think he was very pointedly you know, saying that this government are leaving uh, our troops behind in, a, in an increasingly dangerous situation. And then we have the, the, the situation where troops have been in the uh, Syrian Golan Heights, 
and in the Lebanon for the last uh, number of months. Those tour, tours of duty have come to an end uh, for both those. Now, the Golan Heights have returned, thankfully, um, but those in the Lebanon have not been able to return. Uh, and it's one of our biggest postings anywhere in the world. And it just again strikes me as incredible that we can't bring home our troops from the Lebanon, mm. and yet the government is allowing for seasonal workers to fly in from countries uh, across the world uh, into our capital city to pick the, the, the strawberries. Ke- the Keelings workers. Absolutely. So, mm. in, in, and, and some, some wits told me, he says, well, why don't the troops say they're going to pick strawberries in Ireland and maybe the, the government will let them back to the country? Could they do um, that? Well, it, it, to be honest, we're in such a surreal situation in many ways. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know what, what would be the result of that. But the point is that it looks like these troops are going to get home um, uh, towards the end of June um, at this stage. But um, the, the Taoiseach is the Minister for Defence. So mm. the Taoiseach has actually the ultimate responsibility for the welfare of Irish troops uh, internationally. And we in AIM2 have been calling on the government to fulfil their responsibility to these troops. Okay, just very briefly, two metres or one metre? Well, what I would say here is um, it depends on the circumstance. And um, I asked a a critical question of the HSC a couple of weeks ago. What uh, modelling and forecasting have they done with regards to the outcomes to hospital avoidance and to cancelled health services? So we know that breath check, cervical check and bowel check have been cancelled since March and there's no date for them to come back. We know that there's 1,100 empty beds in the hospital services uh, and we know that lots of people are not going into hospital at the moment. That will lead to hundreds, if not thousands, of deaths in Ireland in the future. Uh, Yet the government have done no modelling, no forecasting over this. My belief is that in certain circumstances, like health, like education, that we should be able to uh, allow for one and a half metres or one metre to allow for capacity, for, to allow for those essential services to actually come back uh, into being. It does not make sense that our health service is locked down. It, it is very likely that amongst the excess deaths in this country, more will be from non-COVID deaths okay. than actually COVID because of the fact that our hospital services have been shut down to such a radical extent. All right, got to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed for joining us here on the programme this morning. Padre Tobin is uh, the leader of the AIM2 party and a TD for Meath West. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.